Hey there, Kingdom Builders. Welcome to an exciting new journey that's all about igniting the sparks of purpose and fanning them into roaring flames of impact. We're your hosts, Britley and Ellie, and we're absolutely thrilled to introduce you to our brand new podcast, Fan Into Flame. Here we embark on a journey that uncovers the secrets, the insights, and the genuine experiences of experts who have not only identified their calling, but have fully embraced it. So buckle up, dear listeners, because every episode is going to be a dynamic journey of wisdom, passion, and revelation. This is Fan Into Flame, the podcast where purpose takes center stage. We decided to drop a sexy little episode for in honor of Valentine's Day for all of our listeners who are single in a relationship. It's for everybody. We're going to just chat and just riff about the season of singleness that we are in. A recent breakup that I moved through that I haven't shared, but I'm going to invite you into just so we can talk real and raw and vulnerable as always about where Ellie and I stand in this season of singleness and how we're stewarding our purpose here and positioning our hearts to call in those solo aligned lovers that we know are somewhere doing something spectacular and probably making their way to us as well. So thanks for tuning in for listening. We'd love to know what your takeaway was as you listen to our conversation here on the podcast share it with any of the women and men in your world that you know that are waiting on that aligned soul partner and are in this single season but ready to start calling in that love and in honor of valentine's day we want to remind you some tangible ways to bring some self-love into your awareness into your world whether you're in relationship or not it's so important that your cup is full and you're putting your oxygen mask on before anybody else's so what Without further ado, let's hop in to this episode. I have a, a a jump off point that I really wanted to talk about is um, as we go into February 14th, because we're recording this on the 12th and hopefully getting it out before the 14th. But as we go into that day um, for women who are single and how to approach that and also for women who are in couples and maybe they're holding like a high expectation where maybe... Yeah, the expectation is kind of overruling what February 14th could mean for somebody. Mm, so good. We did a module on health the other week where Ellie talked about how to see the king in your man. And yeah, she was talking to the women that already have a man, but she's also talking to the women that don't yet have a man and how to start to build that beautiful balance and polarity to allow the men to lead in your dating, in your relationship, but then also maintain in your feminine essence and reminding us that your feminine essence is the greatest gift that you can give him and if you're not tapped in and tuned into it you'll deprive not only yourself of the magnetism and the beauty there and that conviction and confidence that you get to embody but also allowing him to a lead and then reap in the benefits of you feeling really into your body and centered there so we're excited to talk into this topic yeah. and even on feminine essence this uh, what that really feels like in the body is immense gratitude. And we can apply that to our relationship with God and also our relationship to our man. And what that means is on Valentine's Day, every little ounce of love that you receive is what it's all about. It's just what he has given you, whether he's given you a smile or a wink or a whole convertible, like all of it should be equal. And that's the same way I think that God sees it too, is like he wants us to value everything that we're getting, no matter how big or small it is. So good. It's like everything in life, right? It's like we raise our hands so quickly for more and we just totally forget that we prayed for the season that we're in right here, right now. 
I think too, it's an important maybe tangent, but note to say that every woman that I know that's in a marriage and maybe even has kids looks at me in my season of singleness and they're like, oh, please, for the love, do not take advantage of this time. Like, please go explore, date around, dance around. This is your time to build and to play and to move. You just never get this exact season back, right? So as badly as you want, whatever is on the other side of the season that you're in, if you don't reap the benefits and sit still and where you're landing right now, you really are going to miss it. I was telling Ellie the other day, as we were sitting on the couch, there's going to be a time where we are so inundated with our men and our lives and our kids that we're going to say, remember when you could just come over and kick your feet up and have a girl's night and sleep over like those were the days right and yet here we are on the couch talking about the men we want to call in and so just a quick note to stop yourself maybe take a deep breath <laughs> right here right now place a hand on your heart and on your belly where are you trying to fast forward where do you think out there there's some destination that you have to arrive at to be worthy of love why can't you just root your feet in and could you possibly allow yourself to just root your feet into this moment right now and just allow yourself to emanate love from your heart out because it does start with you. I think that's really what we want to touch on today and a lesson that I am learning and moving through right now. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing I haven't quite shared. I didn't even get to soft launch the relationship. It happened so quickly, but I entered into a relationship not too long ago that was very brief, like about two months. It was during a really vulnerable time for me as I was getting diagnosed with breast implant illness. And I got that news while seeing this person, decided upon the surgery while seeing this person and actually moved through the surgery while seeing this person. And then he broke up with me or rather we decided to break up three days after the surgery. So a really emotional time, a really um, vulnerable time for me as a woman to shift in my identity, to reclaim this self-love with this new body, and then to have this expectation of this man to take care of me on the other side and all these plans that we had accumulated over these months together to be kind of swiped from me or what felt like be swiped from me, but rather was really God protecting me in so many ways. And yeah, I'm just going to go right there and be really honest. It was the most painful time that I've been in in years. In fact, I think the last time that I felt this heartbroken was high school. <laughs> and that was such a shock to my system because logically I couldn't make sense that this two month relationship could equate to the same heartache of the seven year long one that I had, right? And it, it seemed crazy to me. And I was being a little bit critical of myself for feeling the depths of this pain. And I was so zoomed in to the medicine, like, bottle, right? And I couldn't even read the ingredients. And now that I'm zoomed out and I can see the entire picture, it makes so much sense at how I was moving through such a just really difficult time, a really difficult time, really cracked open, really looking for people to hold me, you know, in our careers as coaches, we spend a lot of time holding people. Mm -hmm. And I really needed to be held in that season. Mm -hmm. And I really needed to be supported. And I have a hard time asking and taking up space in that way, because I'm so used to holding it. And so when I allowed myself to be vulnerable and open up and let somebody hold me, and then they left, and I couldn't help but feel a little bit abandoned and betrayed in that moment, especially in my moment of weakness, you know, I'm bandaged up, my chest is concaved, my body doesn't look the same, and I'm already mourning this big shift. And then for this to happen, it was it was extremely, extremely painful. 
um, for me. And we are still only a week and a half out from that, but I still feel like I have so much perspective in and around that relationship and how I've moved through it and what I can see now that I didn't see then. Tear <sighs> up just even hearing you because I know how many women resonate with that exact feeling of like, I hold so many other people and who holds me. And especially for that breakup to be pretty much somewhat out of nowhere. Like versus I think in other relationships, you have scenarios where you kind of see it coming for a few months, maybe it kind of drags on. But um, but one thing that we know about God is that God will act swiftly when we call out to him. So where do you feel like you really felt God moving through that relationship and also moving through the breakup and you're recovering after? Oh, baby, thank you for this. And you have been there the whole way. So reflect to me the parts that I'm leaving out. But you know, it was interesting. This was someone that I wasn't initially probably would have picked initially to interact with. And then the relationship really early on started to grow really deep roots. I started to see this person and their value and the way that they met me consciously and were able to have these courageous conversations. And it just felt like we were really on this similar path. And so I started to really quickly set down the ego and start to open up to seeing this person as a son of God. And in doing that, it really did allow me to set down the ego and open with a heart of love, but I also could have potentially overridden some of the indicators that maybe would have slowed me down to really question whether this is someone I could see myself with and kind of move a little bit at a quicker pace. Um, I remember pretty early on, about a month into the relationship, having a conversation around, hey, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit of insecurity in and around our where we're headed and I know that I don't tend to run insecure so I'm not sure that it's an insecurity rather than my intuition telling me that you're pulling away and he was really amazing and affirmed yeah actually you're 100% right I am pulling away I think I'm a little bit nervous and he had communicated with me that this was a first healthy relationship that he had had where there was a woman and there was no conflict and it was rather healthy and there wasn't like this you know, huge burn, but it was rather a slow build. And um, for me and my dating, I've, I've done enough to know that that's exactly what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a safe space to land and really honest and beautiful communication more than I'm looking at that like initial lusting, like desire, right? Because I know that that goes out just as quick as it starts. And so I think my first indicator that maybe things were a little bit off was that desire or excuse me, was that feeling of my intuition feeling like something was off. And even though he was able to confirm that, he still made it sound and positioned himself like he wanted this. He just had to overcome his own block of feeling like the toxicity in relationships and like that addictive kind of up and down cycle was what he was longing for versus maybe something a little bit more serious, a little bit more steady, um, a little thing, something more safe, right? It's really hard when we are, start to enter these safe relationships because we are asked to be called forward in who we are versus the mask of what we think somebody wants us to be. Mm -hmm. Like when it's really safe for you to open up and be yourself, that means you actually have to start to meet yourself and allow someone else to meet you there. And it can feel really scary when you're really used to just putting on the mask and putting on the front and all these other relationship dynamics that this culture has really created for us. Um, and this is not to say that I was a perfect partner and held a lot of space, but I've done a lot of work. I'm very secure in my attachment. I'm very open to the tough conversations and I have a lot of space to hold. I have a wide capacity. 
And I think if a man isn't used to a woman who can hold him in that, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the relationship started to pick up. We actually had an, a few amazing weeks after that. We planned trips and we started to really talk about the future. We moved a little bit fast and that can always be kind of a yellow, red, orange flag that um, you're, you're, not, you know, you're overriding yourself. But two coaches coming together, it tends to happen where you go really deep, really fast. And then about four days after my surgery, I, I said a prayer to God and I said, you know, God, I'm not asking you to tell me whether he's the one or not right now in this moment, but I do need you to make it clear my posture in this relationship and where you want me to be positioned because I just don't have the capacity to hold someone who's not in it with me. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, out of the absolute blue, I don't think he was expecting it either. We had this really awakening conversation where I basically said, hey, I have such a huge capacity to hold you. And I know that in signing up for partnership, you sign up for all parts, not just the best parts. So I can hold and process and move through anything with you. The one thing that I can't do is convince you to stay, convince you to be here. And I think I struck a nerve that maybe he wasn't willing to look at. And in that moment, he kind of let me know, like, I am, I'm convincing myself. I'm having to outsource. I'm having to ask people why this feels so difficult. And again, really abruptly, like within... Twenty minutes. The relationship went from traveling together, being together, to deciding that I drew a line in the sand, and he wasn't willing to cross it with me. And so, yeah, I think that that bold prayer, right? If you're gonna ask a bold prayer, like be prepared for a bold answer. God didn't even take twelve hours before answering me and letting me know that <laughs> this wasn't it for me. And I'm so glad in hindsight. And even though it felt so abrupt. I would have it no other way because I can't even imagine even one week longer with this person building even deeper roots, creating even more plans. Like I'm so grateful that he was able to bring clarity and remove me from that situation. And still it really, 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 really hurt. (laughs) It was super painful. Uh, Yeah. Those moments are so painful and it's, it's crazy to see the duality of like, your ability to see, to see a thousand feet up and to know like all of it is for you. And at the same time to be like, wow, like that was brutal. That was so hard. And I remember a quote and I think it's like, if it comes from God, it'll feel like peace. And if it's not from God, it'll feel like chaos or confusion or, or constantly questioning. And um, I think it's all from God. I think that God delivers us um, opportunities that are not here for a long time, but they're here for a good time or something like that. (laughs) God will deliver us opportunities that are meant to be exactly what they're meant to be. And like, you both got to do so much healing together in such a short amount of time. And really is right. Like if you pray the prayer to ask God, God, anybody in my life, who's not meant to be here, remove them. If you don't want them for me, I don't want them for me. And I'm willing to let them go. And Brittley prayed that prayer when I was last in a relationship. I prayed that prayer. It happened overnight. I had another really close girlfriend. She prayed that prayer the morning, the next morning. She found something that was like not aligned with her values with this guy she was dating. And it's like God is always there to protect us. It's just sometimes he's a, you know, he is, period. He is a good father. And sometimes he's going to wait to let us ask him for permission first or for a request first. Totally. Like you, you come to him with a request and he answers, but I think the problem is that we don't act once he answers. We still justify, we still ask for a signee or sign. And I knew in that moment, 
it was so clear when I said those words of like, it's this or it's that. And he couldn't tell me that it was, you know, A, option A. It was like, oh my gosh, God, I did just pray to you for this. And it was like this overwhelming rush of like, oh no, this is ending came. But then right after that, this rush of peace. And we were walking and talking and he was talking, but I couldn't actually hear what he was saying after that moment of clarity had dropped. And all I could think about was, okay, God, give me the courage to trust you here. And I mean, in a moment, like we got home, he got his stuff and he left and I, I haven't seen him since. And then that can feel so abrupt, but this it's this is how you work and move at God's speed, especially in your relationships. In church the other day, they said, we asked God so much to give us his love, but we've never stopped to contemplate God. What kind of love and intimate life do you have in mind for us? What do you vision for us? And you're exactly right. I think two people are brought together in the exact orchestration in which God knows that the maximum lesson can be obtained. And then when the expiry date is there, we just don't listen to it many times. But if we did and we removed ourselves and we allowed ourselves the space then, and that's key. I allowed myself so much space after that relationship to really allow all of the lesson to fall. And I allowed the heartache to move. I allowed myself to process. Thank God for you, Ellie, because we spent a lot of time talking about it. But you need that time to really understand like, what was the lesson here and how can I shift and position my heart so that it stays open? It doesn't close up and harden and create a narrative that's not true, but it stays open and loving. And then I can step into the next level of what I'm moving towards, which for me as a husband and you as a husband, and if you don't take the time to integrate, you will pick up the same pattern in somebody else over and over and over until you allow yourself the space to really extract. Yeah. For women who are getting prepared to come up on Valentine's Day, what advice do you have for any woman who is single and or single and dealing with heartbreak? What what do you have for them? That's good. And then I'm going to ask you back the same question. For any woman who is coming up on Valentine's Day, first of all, I know that everyone has a different perception of it. It's just a Wednesday to me. I don't really have this whole charge around Valentine's Day personally. It's never been like a super celebrated day in any of my relationships. I never feel I feel like I was always let down. So I just stopped caring. And actually, as I'm processing this out loud, I don't know whether Valentine's Day doesn't matter to me or I've not let it matter to me because I've constantly been let down. So we can talk about both the expectation and the reality of the day. But if you are coming up on this day in the season, just like the holidays where you're seeing people celebrate together and celebrate their love and you're feeling really robbed of this holiday and robbed of love, you are not. And I would really invite you to look up at all the love that you have accumulated around you. I know for me, I am so supported both in my male and female friendships. Like they run so deep. And I've done so much work to cultivate and create really rich relationships in and around me. So just sending them out love and receiving their love back. And then also like, I know for me, I love to get in the energy of my husband. I love to pray over him in advance. I love to think about us. I love to daydream about us. So maybe setting up a really beautiful space and writing a letter to your future husband. I made a king's list last Valentine's Day that was so specific to like everything that I would desire in the son of God that comes into my life and then who I would have to be in order to meet and receive and love him back in the same way and just getting in the energy of love in advance, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than like waiting around twirling your thumbs or getting on hinge, like how intentional can you be around what this love that you desire looks like, feels like, emanates, and then spend some time there because there will be a Valentine's Day very soon in the future that you are spending it together. And how cool if you could set the tone and trajectory of it here now 
and then a lot of self-love like a bath like i know it sounds routine but actually allowing yourself some space to play in your own love and energy and feminine energy because again that's the greatest gift and it's something that we take advantage of and we forget about and we may be malnourished to some extent but i think if you could really get into your body and into this space you'll turn up the dial there and then start to attract love in whether that be from friends or family but redirecting that question back to you lady lady you're not necessarily going through a heartbreak in fact i feel like you have finally overcome this heartbreak mm -hmm. you are in a season of singleness and i know how intentionally you're moving around this about this space looking for your man so how do you plan to bring some self-love into this day yeah i think well just a little bit of background for anybody who's listening i think so i'm 33 and i'm single <laughs> and i think it's been one of the most difficult things to navigate because i didn't think i would fall into the pressure of age it's just never really hit me um, but when I went from 32 to 33, I kind of started to be like, oh, now I there is a part of me that feels like I'm late to the game and and constantly coming back to God and being like, I'm not late to anything. And I've trusted you with everything this far. I'm going to keep trusting you. And I know like what you have for me is so, so, so good. And, you know, to anybody who is single and in their late 20s, in their early 30s, in their late 30s, in their early 40s, whatever. I, I need to say that because I've heard podcasts and people being like, yes, I know, I know I'm 28 and I'm still single. And I'm like, that, that's <laughs> like, so that's not helpful at all. Like, by the way, but in my heart of hearts, like my soul and my spirit is so young and so playful. Like I have no doubt in my mind. I have no question about like, the health of my body and how amazing this relationship is going to be. But one thing that I continue to come back to is like, there's such a big calling on my life. And I know that I'm giving a hundred percent dedication to my purpose right now. And that's so fulfilling. And I also know that this is a co-creation. So I've made space for dating. Um, but I've also not been seeking or searching. Like I know my man is going to find me. He is a hunter. He knows how to lead. He knows how to direct. He's going to find me. And I just continuously pray for that courage and that opening on his heart to move with conviction and to seek me. Um, uh, the, I think one of the big reasons why I've been single a little bit longer is because I went through a really um, a turbulent, tumultuous <laughs> relationship that absolutely shook me to my core. And it was something that broke me down so many times that I had no other choice than to find Jesus. And what an absolute blessing. I know that it was so meant for that. Like I wasn't going to go seek Jesus until I had no other options. And I, I'm sorry to say that out loud, but I, I actually know a lot of people identify with that story. It's not until they have no other options where it's like, I can't do this on my own. And I simply couldn't do this on my own. And once I finally healed from that breakup and the intrusive, addicting thoughts of something that was like heroin. It was so terrible for me. Um, I found a lot of peace in my singleness. I noticed that a lot of me wanting to be dating at certain points was a grasping. It was almost like a distraction. Like I wanted to be distracted from feeling single or I wanted to be distracted from feeling thoughts about my ex. And now I'm really at peace. Um, so as this Valentine's Day comes up, luckily I don't, I just see it as a Wednesday as well or an opportunity to reach out to all my friends and be love and, um, and hopefully inspire other women who are listening to our podcast that 
being single and having your season of singleness is such an incredible blessing and honor that God has created this extra space for you to build even stronger foundations to serve other people, but to also come into knowing truly who you are and to heal little wounds within yourself that you don't necessarily need to bring into the relationship because then they do get amplified. You luckily will have your husband's support, but at the end of the day, like there are things that we need to face on our own. And let's see, any advice I have? Well, I, I want to give advice for women who are dating um, to go into Valentine's. And I kind of said this earlier on in the episode, but really make sure to not have that expectation because I've studied men for a really long time and that doesn't work. Um, the biggest wound that men ever feel is not feeling like good enough, not feeling like they they hit the mark. And it's very specific to men. We don't really feel that. That's not how we process our own wounds, but that is how men process their wounds. So in the moment, if you feel disappointed with him on Valentine's because he didn't show up in a certain way, that's not your day to pick that battle. Just be grateful. Be grateful for what you have. And on another day when things aren't so charged, you can you can have ways where you lovingly inspire him by sharing what is really feeling alive and sexy and joyful and playful and what would what would be so exciting for you to receive or to praise the behavior that's in that same energetic alignment or praise that behavior that's in that same frequency of like exactly what you want because that's what's going to inspire him to do more of that and I think you know oftentimes it can be there's so much expectation uh for Valentine's Day with Instagram and like all of the things that are happening and the in the highlight reels and it's like <laughs> Yeah, what would be the most the best gift to have is a strong relationship throughout the entire year, not just one day a year. I have a couple of points I want to hit on, but first, let me double click click into that because where do you think the discerning or defining line is between being grateful for what the man does bring, but then also what if he doesn't do anything and he's not actually stewarding or celebrating you in a way? How do you communicate that, right? Because there's two, it's a two part, it's a two fold. Like if you have these really outrageous expectations and he's probably not going to meet them anyway, then anything he does is going to disappoint you. And you rob yourself of the opportunity to really celebrate him and his effort and lovingness. And maybe just seeing him for the kind of man that he is or what he enjoys and what he thought was thoughtful and allowing your love to grow deeper roots. And there could be the woman out there who's like, look, I'm not asking for much. You know, I don't, I just, I do a lot around the house. I do a lot for this relationship. I show up in a big way and it just feels like it's an effort for him to make an effort for me on a day that is a national love day. So what, what does that look like? How do you know the difference? And if that's the case, maybe how could you communicate with your man in that way? Such a good question. Such a good question. Um, if your man is not doing anything for Valentine's Day and probably not even communicating or saying, hey, by the way, like I know I missed the mark on this and I want to make it up to you. It sounds like in this example, he's not doing that. Um, then the problem exceeds Valentine's Day. And so in that moment, it's really easy to be disappointed. But there are moments in our life when we're actually meant to lean on God and lean into ourselves and like in that moment, I would go do whatever is going to make me happy. I would go buy myself chocolate. I would go buy myself flowers because like 
that sounds silly and sad, but like Valentine's Day is not the day to solve that problem. There's a bigger problem that's happening in the relationship where he doesn't likely feel respected. Um, he's not the quality man that you're supposed to be spending time with potentially because you y'all no, no longer share values to um, uphold the romance into the relationship. Um, a, a larger, deeper conversation needs to be had, but Valentine's Day doesn't have to be that moment because it's a made up holiday in the first place. Instead, it's like going to the root of why he feels like that's not a value for him. Um, and then the other thing, too, is the more that a woman adores herself and finds pleasure and sensuality in her own body, she becomes a magnification for that same behavior. So I know most women want to hear like, well, you know, you can just tell him that you're upset and just tell him to bring you flowers. And it's like, yeah, let me know how that works by the way, because that's not how you communicate with men. And that's a very masculine way to communicate with them. So if you're asking to be more in your feminine energy and receive more gifts and love from him, then you telling him what to do is likely that's not going to, that's not going to inspire him to do that of his own will. He might buy you flowers, but he's not going to be like so stoked on it because it wasn't his idea. So instead we inspire things to make it his idea again. Mm, oh, that's so good. Gosh, we need it. We do need to do a whole podcast on this. And maybe you can share a little snippet of yeah. help because it is how we talk to men and how we allow them to lead, but still encourage them and show them in which way to lead, right? Like how to love us by how we love ourselves. And going back to the singleness and our purpose, our singleness is not a waiting period or a holding period. And I think we think that so often. We're like, this is just like the waiting. I'm just in this waiting. I'm in this in-between. And I have fallen guilty of that so much. But as I evolve and grow, and you and I have been placed in a very unique situation where we have a huge purpose. Actually, hold on. It's not unique. Everybody has a huge purpose. But you and I specifically have are building and in the season where we're building out this purpose and this mission. And I really believe that God's like, girls, I love you so much. And no distractions right now. I need you to be all in and lay a really firm foundation so that when this love comes in, you're able to still hold and store the impact that I have called you to. So it's not unique. Everybody has that. Whatever you're doing, whatever size job you have, whether you are in corporate or whether you are an entrepreneur, you are called to store it in love and help heal people and heal yourself in this world. And if you can't do that simultaneously while having a partner, sometimes we'll be called into this really important and prominent season of singleness of holiness of ministry where your purpose is climbing this righteousness with god and allowing him to just blow you away with the gifts and revealing to you what you are here to do and called to do and then aligning you with a partner that can help amplify that and not take it away from you so if you're in a season of singleness you're not in a waiting period you're not in a holding period you're not being punished you are being started and equipped to meet and attract the man that is of equal caliber and that is equally yoked to you and how amazing and if that's true i would get to work girlfriend like i always i love that quote that's like we have multiple soulmates in this lifetime but the one that we end up with is directly proportionate and correlated to the amount of work and evolution we've done in our faith rooted in god so it's like if that's true then I just get to keep going, right? And this relationship that ended was not a failure. It was a huge lesson. And in fact, it showed me a lot of the things and ways that I have accepted love that I no longer want to accept love. And like a lot of the ways in which I get to look forward to love too. Like there was so many things and reflections in that relationship that showed me exactly what I do want and aspire to have and create with somebody one day. And it showed me in ways in which maybe I settle for men that are slightly unavailable or not ready to actually step into the husband role 
And that was a, a huge lesson for me of like, how do I keep attracting the same person that like thinks that they're ready and maybe they're not ready? And where am I actually not ready? And being honest with my that's so deep that right there it's like that combination of where am I still attracting that and where does that exist within me so that is so huge for anybody listening like those two parts mm -hmm. apply to any situation in your life but it's like you always get to take responsibility and it's in that responsibility where it's like we lay down the victimhood and we go into our power place and realize that like this is our movie <laughs> a lot of our reality we create and it would have been so easy to just be like you know what he's not ready he wasn't ready he's he thought he was ready he's not ready and like just put all the blame on him and be like I did everything I could and I showed up in this way and he wasn't ready and like that's on him but like but no like obviously I attracted someone who wasn't ready and so then I am not ready <laughs> like this is all a big opportunity for me to reflect on who I'm attracting, what energy I'm calling in, how this plays out, what patterns are alive in the people that I call in and what I get to do internally to shift so that I am stepping into a, a different level of the dating scene where I'm actually attracting the man who has been doing the work and is positioning himself as a husband and is ready for that too, right? So this has nothing to do, like there's no blame casted on this other person in this relationship. This was equal part me manifesting what I thought I was deserving of and ready for as it was him not being ready or being ready, whatever the case may be. And so I really learned that I've continued to call in a certain person over and over and over. And while they have really been amazing and they have taught me a lot and a lot of them have been way safer than the relationships in my early 20s, it is still not yet the man who is ready to step into this place of leadership as a husband and like mm -hmm. really stored in love from not a place of ego, but deeply rooted in his faith and able to lead us closer to God. And so it was a huge opportunity for me and they always are. And I think if you get into a relationship and then you exit a relationship and your first tactic is to hurry and blame him and point out all the ways in which they did you wrong and try to justify your ego, <laughs> or justify for your ego that hurts. Um, it's a surefire indicator that maybe you are not ready either because you have to be willing to look at yourself and what you attracted in, what you allowed, right? Like what you allowed and what you settled for and how quickly you moved. Like I moved way too quick. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of discernment. I was excited. I was vulnerable. I like went all the way in really fast and allowed myself to be totally open. And while I know my husband will love that vulnerability, I also get to have discernment along the way and call on God. I think a really good indicator that this relationship wasn't the one is I didn't feel like he was moving me closer to God. And I didn't necessarily feel like I was the closest to God in that relationship. In fact, I think I got pulled out a little bit, even of my mission, maybe a little bit of distraction and and I allowed that to happen. And so now I get to like see this as this full picture now. And I'm like, oh my God, beautiful. Like next time I need to be more rooted in my faith and I need him to drive me in faith. And that's something that I couldn't have possibly understood until I experienced what wasn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably, if you wrote it down, that's probably your top value in what you're looking for. And like being able to know that that person that you're dating like you don't have to know if you're going to marry them but they should meet like your top three or four core non-negotiable values and if they don't then it's probably not worth the time you're putting into it totally and if you don't know what those are how could you possibly discern whether this person is in good alignment with you or not 
that's what I'm saying. Single ladies take some time on Valentine's day, write out your values, write out, draw a picture of this man. And I don't what are your thoughts on that? Because sometimes I'm like, draw a picture of this man and make it clear. But then you also want to leave room for God to surprise you, right? Like you also mm -hmm. do want the God ordained handpicked relationship that God has. And if you're so fixated on this list that you might miss the guy that has an even better opportunity to grow you in your faith and your mission and really like cultivate a beautiful love. So what's the fine line there between creating a list and knowing your values and then also being open to see children of God and like allow him to steward Yeah, the relationship? that's such a good question. Well, I have been so laser focused on finding, air quotes, <laughs> my husband since I was probably 26. So I'm 33, so seven years. So now I'm at a point where I'm like over the list and everything like that. I think some people definitely have a lot of um, success with it. So Godspeed on that. For me, I've just laid it all down because at the end of the day, I think one thing we need to be really honest with ourselves is that, you know, if I make a list and there's a hundred things on it, 70% of those are just traits that I took from exes that I would like to see in this new embodiment of a person. And like I've had I've heard of somebody writing a list where it's like, yeah, I want them to be like six foot tall and have kind of this like grizzly beard and brown hair and like this slender and like maybe wear flannels a lot. And it's like, OK, so you dated somebody that was I mean, it's just so specific. It's like you clearly that was your last boyfriend and you're looking for your last boyfriend and a new person. And that's where we actually close off our blinders. So I think for me, it just comes down to how do you want to feel? Um, you know, because everything's energy. How do you want to feel in this relationship? And what are your non-negotiable values? Because you should know those like at your core. Like for me, it's I want you worshiping God. I would like you like I would love for you to be comfortable in your masculine energy and comfortable in a leadership role and able to set boundaries. I would love for him to be to value financial stability and growth. And of course, the obvious ones like loyalty, trust, respect. I don't feel like I need to say those, but those are probably like my three most unique ones. And then everything else is like, yeah, I would love for him to be funny. I know that's going to be important to me, but that kind of gets into the line where it's like, whatever you want for me, God, I just don't want to have blinders on and miss somebody incredible that comes, which I don't think you can actually miss. There's no, I mean, how do you have a strategy for this? I don't know. I just had a download. <laughs> I think God creates specific attractions within us that will allow us to see the person that he presents to us. Like if there is a certain, you know, like humor is important to you and you have these kind of embedded values that make you feel alive and in your feminine and flirty and fun, like I think that he put those in you so that you will recognize when he highlights your partner mm -hmm. and you get to be discerning because totally transparent and a big disclaimer i actually read the list to my last partner and he met a lot of those things we were almost laughing because i was like oh my gosh you like fit this to a t so i do think the lists work but are the lists in alignment or do they reflect the version of you that you are now like i don't know that that list really reflected the godly relationship as much as like a little bit of the ego relationship like yeah. i wanted things right and a lot of them did right so like I wanted loyalty and a man that's patient with me and leads and loves big and doesn't have a hard time like having confronting conversations in his community like these things you can all name and I think it's important to know mm -hmm. because it is important and I don't think that 
there's such thing as having too high of expectations anymore too. I used to ask myself that all the time. I know Ellie, you've struggled with that. It's like, is our expectations just too high? And I believe, no, I really do. I believe that you get to position yourself as long as you are also doing the inner work and introspection and walking with God and praying for him to position your heart in a way that isn't an equal match to all that you're quote unquote expecting, then I don't think it's too much. Mm -hmm. I think it's when we feel imposterous and out of alignment, it's when we're creating this huge Kings list or attraction list. And then you're not equally reflecting the parts of you that you have to become to step into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Good. I remember too, last week in church, the pastor said something like, I'm really glad that Jesus didn't wait till he was married to start his ministry. We would have been oh, like, right. right. And I think that's important because it's like, if anyone knows feeling rejected, it's, it's Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. He knows that feeling. And if anyone knows being in this waiting period and anticipation, it's Jesus. And so you do get to call on him and relate to him in that way. And if you do feel, if you're single and you have the desire for marriage, that desire is planted on your heart because it's yours to have and it will be yours. And I think the second you kind of let it go and surrender it back to him and ask God, what would you have for my romantic life, my partnership? How would you partner me with somebody who could impact and kind of light up the purpose that you've called me to? You create a lot of space. You create a lot of peace. You let go of the control and all of a sudden you're not at coffee shops looking around for your guy and on the walk and like constantly looking and searching and controlling, feeling like you're missing something, but you start to become the one. You start to find fulfillment within and then you find this partner who's whole and you're whole and then together you can create such a beautiful foundation of love. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to a woman who is a woman of God and she wants to feel supported, not to do life alone. She wants to have this transformative experience. She wants to learn more about how to communicate with men and how to steward all of her energetic resources. What would you say to her? I would say first and foremost, get into a container, <laughs> get into a space. <laughs> this is our uh, segue into held. No, really, whether it be held, which is our signature program, or just a space of women, a life group with women that are doing life with you, because you will find such satiation and such satisfaction with being with women and watching each other fill each other's cups that you become so full that it, do it does. Like, I feel like I've never in my life been so happy and content with my singleness because I have these women in and around me. And I think it's really important to learn to find this inner union with this femininity, but also your inner masculine calling on God to be the frame and really strengthening that relationship. And I would also say that I'm going to draw a little picture here real quick of Adam and Eve, for example, Adam, we all know was on this God created Adam first and he said, go and be amongst the birds and the bees and every animal and find yourself a partner and support. And eventually Adam came to God and he said, God, I have found no one of equal support, nothing of equal support. And so while Adam was sleeping, God took his right rib and he created Eve. And it doesn't say how long it took to create Eve. Mm. Presented Eve to Adam and then he found this equal partner and this equal support. And first of all, Adam had to come to God and request, right? He had to acknowledge that there wasn't of equal support anywhere to be found on this earth before God blessed him with Eve. So you do have to ask, you have to come to God in your vulnerability and say, I do desire this equal counterpart, but I give it to you in your timing of how you can deliver it to me. And then when Adam presented Eve, she came whole. 
and this is not to say that men are broken and women are whole, but, but Adam and Eve in this metaphor, Adam came and he was, <laughs> he was broken. He was missing something and Eve came whole. So women, until you are whole and you come and of course we're extension of men in this picture. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. I'm getting a little like caught up on my words because it's such a big metaphor and I want to make sure I'm saying it right. But what I'm saying is we are whole. Our feminine energy, our ability to hold, support, birth, give life to this world and creativity and support our men is directly proportionate to the feeling of wholeness and unity that we have inside of our body. And so if you can start to focus on being your own soulmate first, how to treat and love and store yourself, your resources and focus your heart on God and on loving yourself and identifying, because this has been a hard one for me, like unidentifying with the body and re-identifying with my soul and my essence, it is going to position you to attract a man who will see that in you and who will value that in you. And like clockwork, you will start to find and attract this, this love that I don't think you even know is imaginable right now because we haven't experienced it yet. But you do have to be patient. You have to surrender it to God and be open to him working in and through you and then getting in these rooms of women who are walking and reflecting to you all of your goodness, your brightness, your bigness, your completeness. It's really important to find that inner union, in my opinion. You're listening to this episode and you really relate to this message and some of the concepts that we shared. We have a program called Held that we start on February 29th. So we only relaunch this every four months. So if you feel ready and you feel 80% ready, I never say 100 because when it comes to massive transformation and stepping into your most badass self, like it's it's it can feel a little scary. So if you feel 80% ready, send one of us a message. We'd love to just get on a call and talk through what we're offering. So it's a four-month program. We meet weekly with a sisterhood of other God-fearing, God-led, heart-centered leader women that are ambitious just like you. Um, and we're going to talk about all kinds of topics related to where a woman's at. So we'll talk about um, what is feminine chaos, how to manage your time, how to manage your money, how to regulate your nervous system, how to drop deeper into feminine embodiment and access um, deeper intelligence with your breath. We're going to talk about how to communicate with your man and see the king in your man. We're going to talk about inner child work and rather we're going to feel into inner child work. But we have all kinds of really incredible modules. Um, and the last round that we are actually doing our graduation this Thursday has just had incredible results, breaking addictions, quitting a job, really stepping into their full purpose for Xing their sales pipeline. I mean, we could go on for days. So if this is something that interests you, highly recommend jumping in. Um, at the moment, we're doing $500 off until February 19th. So now is your time to drop in and follow that call because we know that if you are meant to be in that, God has placed it on your heart and we are so here to receive you for it. Mm, we can't wait to see you. Thank you, ladies. I hope everyone listening has an amazing Valentine's Day. Let us know what you loved about this episode. Rate and review. Share it with a friend. And don't be scared to slide into our DMs. We love to hear from you in form communications. If you have any questions for Ellie and I, please don't hesitate to ask those as well. Have a beautiful self-love, sexy holiday with yourself, baby girl. And we will see you next week. Love you, bye.